I get to preach. How awesome is that? I get to preach this morning. And uh, this is a, a fresh... I've never preached this before. So you're my guinea pigs. Well, I get to... It's great because I get to preach here. And while I'm preaching here, Carolina's preaching at Carindale at our other location this morning. So if you're wondering where Carolina is... Uh, she's at Carindale. She's doing the two services there for this morning, uh, bringing the word. But uh, this morning, I, I get to finish off Land of the Dreamer. Who's loved Land of the Dreamer? Who's loved listening? And uh, who's had some revelation? Who's had some insight of going, you know what, this next year, we're just going to run in. We're going to take up what God has given us. We're going to take up the call that God has given us. And, and uh, so this morning, I, I just thought I, I would talk about um, really not to take the dream for granted. Not to take it for granted. Don't take what you have for granted. For most of us, we're living in the dream right now. You know, the most powerful dreams are the ones, I believe, that span generations. I look here today as we're sitting here in this building because someone else had a dream that they wanted to plant a church. They wanted to plant a place where people could find hope where people could find salvation, where people could find healing, where people could find transformation. That's why we sit here today. We've inherited someone else's dream. Do you realize that? I look at all the great dreams within the Bible and most of those dreams never came to pass in their lifetime. So you look at it, so I suppose, as you look at Moses... You know what, he, he never, he had the dream of taking the Israelites into the promised land. He saw that dream, he saw it, but he never actually partook of that dream. Do you realize that? He never received that dream. He took them right to the edge, but Joshua, the next generation, received it. To me, right there it says dreams are generational. You see, you look at David. King David, a young boy, becomes king of Israel. He had a dream to build the house of the Lord. He had a dream to build a, a magnificent temple so that God could dwell. He gathered up all the resources, billions of dollars, to build this magnificent temple. But he never built the temple. His son, Solomon, built the temple. You know, it was always generational. He never saw the temple. He, he saw it. He had a picture of it in his mind. He put the blueprints down, but he never actually built the temple. The next generation came and built the temple, uh, Martin Luther King. Everyone knows he had a dream. He had a dream about, you know, that people wouldn't judge his kids by the colour of their skin, but by the content of their character. He had a dream, but that dream cost him. And, and so when I, I look at dreaming, sometimes I, I think that, you know, it's great to have a dream, but is it big enough that the, other gen but the next generation will inherit it? But then two, the ones inheriting it, will they take that dream, hang on to that dream, and value the dream? So today I want to have a look at a guy in the Bible named Esau. You have in the Old Testament in Genesis, it starts off 25 to 27 to 34, and, and there were two brothers, Jacob and Esau. And apparently when they were born is that Esau came out first. But Jacob was there grabbing his foot. There was always this fight of who would be first. And so Esau was first. He was the firstborn. And so being the firstborn, he was to inherit everything, inherit more than the rest of the family, more than his brothers. 
And so he got a special blessing. But what happens when you take that blessing for granted? If we pick it up, it says that when the boys grew up, Esau became a skilled hunter. He loved to be out in the fields. But Jacob was a quiet man and stayed among the tents. Isaac loved Esau, which was his dad, because he hunted the wild animals that Isaac enjoyed eating. But Rebekah loved Jacob. One day Jacob was boiling a pot of vegetable soup and Esau came in from hunting in the fields, weak from hunger. So Esau said to Jacob, let me eat some of that red soup because I am weak with hunger. But Jacob said, you must sell me your rights as the firstborn son. And Esau said, I am almost dead from hunger. If I die, all my father's wealth will not help me. But Jacob said, first promise me that will you give to me. So Esau made a promise to Jacob and sold his part of his father's wealth to Jacob. And then Jacob gave Esau bread and vegetable soup and he ate and drank and then left. So Esau showed how little he cared about his rights as firstborn. You know, Esau's life is a story of a man who traded his soul for fleeting pleasure. He, he traded his soul, he traded his birthright for fleeting pleasure. He, he, he sold his birthright, material benefits and family pri privileges for a bowl of soup. But beyond that, he actually traded his spiritual blessing. That blessing that was reserved for the firstborn. You know, he didn't even have second thoughts. You know, he, he felt good about it, but only much later in life did he regret what he had done. You know, today, I, I wanna, my first point is this, is that blessing by birth. Do you realise is that this guy, he was blessed by birth? Do you realise right now that each and every one of us are blessed by birth? We are blessed because we live in this great country. You know, Esau, he was blessed by birth. He wasn't born into a pagan home where his parents worshipped idols and they abused him. No, he was born into the family of Abraham. Like, if you go through his lineage, you find that Isaac was the son of Abraham and Abraham, what, was the father of many nations. He was named as the friend of God. He was a wealthy man. People used to come and pay homage to Abraham because he was so blessed. And so here we have Esau, he's, he's born really into royalty. He's born into blessing. He's got a silver spoon in his mouth. He's the grandson of Abraham. And no doubt during the first 15 years of his life, when Abraham was around, you know, I believe that Isaac sat on the knee of Abraham and Abraham taught him the ways and principles of God. How many of us right now have those privileges in our family? I have that privilege in my family. It is that I was born into a Christian home and so the heritage within my life is so great where I would sit on my father's knee and he would read me the Bible. He would pray over us. He would speak in tongues over us. There is a heritage that is rich within my family. But there comes a choice where I need to choose, am I going to take that birthright? Am I going to take that blessing, that heritage that is in my family and put it upon me? 
You know, my dad, he had a dream that his family would grow up in the ways of God. The same here. There is a family where they're praying over the generations to come and they're believing that the sons would make the right decisions. Esau had a great spiritual heritage. You know, we are blessed by birth. Just because you're sitting here right now, you are blessed by birth. You are blessed naturally. And if you know and you've been born again, you are blessed spiritually. Think about it. We are blessed just to live in this great country. It's dubbed the great south land of the Holy Spirit. This is a blessed country. It hasn't known civil war to the extent of other countries. It's never been overtaken multiple times. We live in a blessed country. Each of us has great spiritual privileges right now. Is that we have heard the gospel. You know, we have a Bible. How many of us have a Bible? We are blessed. We live in a country where we can actually attend church. We can come to this place. We can worship God freely. We, we are blessed. We have other Christians who can help us grow and walk in God right next to us. We are blessed, blessed by birth. But most of us didn't have to fight for this blessing. So then sometimes, because you don't have to fight for a blessing, you don't realize what it takes to get the blessing and live in the blessing. Some of us just take it for granted. You know, as Christians, we have two births. We have our natural birth and we have our spiritual birth. You know, we have a natural blessing and we have a spiritual blessing. Is it... Is that Esau, back in the day, was born naturally. But because he lived under the old covenant, he had the spiritual blessing as well. Whereas we live under the new covenant, we're born, but then we become born again. Nicodemus came to Jesus. If you want to turn there in John 3, 1 to 5, a Jewish leader came to Jesus and he basically said to Jesus, what must I do to be saved? And in this scripture right now, Jesus says to him, well, you know what? I tell you the truth, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus is like, he's taken back and he makes this statement. He says, what do you mean, explained Nicodemus? How can an old man go back into the mother's womb and be born again? And Jesus replied and says this, I assure you, No one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. Humans can reproduce only human life, but the spirit gives birth to spirit life. As Christians, when we are born again, when we take on the identity of Christ, we step into a spiritual blessing. Just as being born in this nation, we have a natural blessing. We are born again and we take hold of a spiritual blessing. And when we take hold of a spiritual blessing, as soon as believers in Christ become sons and daughters of God, we we take on that. We, We become born again. We become a new creation. We step out 
and we step into our spiritual blessing. We step out of darkness and into light. We step out of sin and into righteousness. That's what being born again. We're born again of the Spirit. We believe in Jesus Christ. You know, we're blessed by birth at that moment. Ephesians says it this way. It says, God decided in advance to adopt us as his own family, bringing us to himself through Christ Jesus, that what he wanted to do, and it gave him pleasure. It gives him pleasure that we are born again. We are blessed by birth. Right now, we are all blessed by birth, naturally and spiritually. Esau was blessed by birth. What I mean by that is we are blessed. We are living in the promised land right now. All the promises, everything that is promised right here in this Bible, we have access to. We have great heritage as soon as we become born again. All those things where it says, you know, by his stripes we are healed because we are born again. That is truth. He is our provider. That becomes our truth. We live with a spiritual heritage. We are blessed by birth. But what I find is that you know, we, we can come, and if we don't truly understand it, we will never walk in it. We will never walk in it. We are blessed by birth. My first point is we are blessed by birth. My second point is this, is treasure your spiritual heritage. You know, Esau traded his birthright. He traded his blessing. Is it... Never trade your heritage, your spiritual heritage, for temporal, for the temporal. Esau, he came to a place where he was in need. Well, what he thought he needed and what he had were two different things. Esau's decision was impulsive, yet it stemmed from years of disregarding spiritual things. It stemmed. Hebrews 12, verse 16, it says, Make sure that no one is immoral or godless like Esau, who traded his birthright as the firstborn for a single meal. You know, he lacked God's perspective for his life. I pray that we never lack God's perspective for our life. He lacked God's perspective for his life. The other thing is he was not concerned about spiritual matters. He lived for the here and now. Who needs a birthright? After all, I'll be dead tomorrow. What I need now is a good meal. What good is a birthright if I starve to death? That was his logic. You know, Esau threw away everything because he didn't appreciate it. You know, sometimes we can live in blessing and not really know what we have. Sometimes we can live in blessing and not appreciate the things that we have to partake of. And my thing is, is I pray that we never throw away our heritage, whether it be naturally or spiritually. It is that we are deep within heritage, that we, we take hold of what God has implanted in our life. I remember growing up as a, a young kid, I, I, would, I would you know, go and stay at my grandma's house and, and she lived in Melbourne. 
And I would stay there for a week, but I knew she had this friend called uh, Pastor McCabe. And he would come over, and he'd be about 94, and he was blind. He was blind. And I would sit there, and I would listen to the stories. Why? Because he was rich with heritage. Is it back in the 1950s, he would fill the entertainment centre of Melbourne and have crusades, where people would be saved, they would be healed, and they would be set free. And at that time, I would sit there and I would listen to the heritage that he would speak, the blessing and the favour, and I'd be like, wow, one day, one day that could happen again. One day that could take place. But there was a heritage, there was something that I would sit there and I would appreciate. You know, as a young kid, I could have gone, you're old, you're blind, I'm going outside to play. Most would do that. I I believe... The greatest thing we could ever do as young individuals is listen to our seniors. You will learn a lot more when you listen to your seniors, when you listen to those stories of the past, than you will going through hurt and pain yourself. I believe Esau had grown up in the house, he had heard the stories, he had seen everything take place, but he never actually experienced it for himself, so he never appreciated it. And sometimes we can do that as individuals, not appreciate what we have because we've never had the pain to go through to get it. We've just received it. We've just inherited it. You see all the time where someone inherits a lot of money. You know, they inherit a lot of money, but within a year that money is gone because they don't know the value, the pain to get that. They take their birthright, they take their heritage, and they don't appreciate where it comes from. Here we have Esau. You know, he threw it away. You know, we get mixed up with our ideas of what is essential and what is not. We think that it's essential to make a lot of money. We think that it's essential to have nice toys. We think it's essential to work hard. But then in working hard, we see the process where it ruins families, it ruins health. You know, we spend hours watching Netflix, but have no time to nurture our souls and actually serve God. We take our heritage, we take our birthright for for advantage. Sometimes we don't even know. Some people endanger their health even. You know, their lives. Because they put eternity as second to instant gratification. Today, I want to ask, I want to challenge you, do you treasure your heritage? Do you treasure your birthright? You are blessed by birth. We are blessed by birth. We have privileges. We have blessings that we can't even understand, but do we treasure those Blessings. Each one of us needs to think carefully about what is really essential in life in light of God's word. In light of God's word. I wonder if Esau had his time over again, he wouldn't have sold that birthright. I wonder if he'd come to that moment within his life and was like, you know, I'm not selling this for anything. <laughs> I might be hungry but I'm not stupid. I might want instant gratification, 
But I know that there's eternal reward. For some of us, we need to have that resolve within our heart. Is that right now there could be instant gratification for you, but God's drawing you away saying, come on, that instant gratification has nothing for what I have in store for you. Just, Just come and see. Come and taste what I have. You know, Matthew 6, 31 to 33, it says, Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall I eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For after these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need, that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. All these things will be added unto you. I've realized within my life as as I seek the kingdom of God, as I seek heaven coming to earth, as I seek salvation for humanity, God actually supplies all my needs. Sometimes I look at my bank account and I go, yeah, only you, God. Sometimes it would be nice to get a corporate job. But then I realize, I look at the corporate world and I look at some of those breakdowns and those things and I go, God, I thank you for the blessing that you've given me. I thank you for my family. I I thank you for the heritage. I thank you for everything that I have, that you supply my needs according to your riches and that I have more than enough. Because God knows what we need, not us. Sometimes our needs are just wants. Do you put the kingdom of God first? You know, we can lose great blessing if we don't appreciate our heritage. You know, small choices can have drastic consequences. Small choices. Those small choices. For Esau, it could have been just a small choice. Really, it is. He sold it for a bowl of soup. How much smaller can you get? Like, I would have been asking, I'll have the bowl of soup, I'll have the Harley. You know, he just settled for a bowl of soup. And that's what some of us are doing. The settling for the temporal. Not looking beyond the now moment. Small choices. Living for instant gratification will rob you of spiritual blessing. Don't trade your spiritual blessing for temporal pleasures. Don't exchange something that is infinite, that has infinite value for cheap thrills. Your relationship with God has infinite value. What we have, our heritage, has infinite value. Every believer in Christ has special privileges. Every believer in Christ has a birthright. You know, because we are all considered firstborn sons and daughters of the Most High God. Do you realise that? Each and every one of us. Hebrews 9, 15 says this, that Christ died to rescue those who had sinned and broken the old agreement. But he brings his chosen ones a new agreement. I'm glad we live in the new agreement. The new covenant with its guarantee of God's eternal blessing. Do you treasure? Treasure your birth. Right, treasure your heritage. The third thing is this, is what do you want to be remembered by? 
What do you want to be remembered by? You know, for me, I, I want to be remembered that I'm a godly husband. I'm a godly father. I'm a pastor. And, and I want it to be remembered in that order, really. Is that, first of all, I'm a godly husband. I am faithful to my wife. Is that I, I love my wife. The next one is that I want to make sure that I'm a godly father. Is that I, I bring up my kids in the ways of God. Is that the inheritance, the dream that I have for my life will expand for them. So that they, you know, I, I mightn't see the blessing in my life. I, I mightn't receive the dream in my life. But they will surely receive the dream in their life. I want to make sure that I'm a godly father. I want to make sure then that I'm a godly pastor. Sorry, I just put you all third place. Fourth. And in those things, in that order, you know, I've realized this, that those things are essential. The rest isn't. The rest isn't. You know, someone once said, the difference between school and life is this, is that in school you're taught a lesson and then you're given the test in life. You're given the test. But in life, you're given the test which teaches you the lesson. You know, in life, the teacher doesn't come to the classroom and announce, the next few minutes, you're going to have an important test. It's going to determine the rest of your life. I've realized life doesn't do that. It doesn't say, hey, please think carefully before you answer, before you act. It doesn't do that. Life doesn't do that. Instead, You're in the test situation right now. You make some decisions based on your beliefs, your experiences and behaviours up until that time. And then you come out of the test without even realising immediately it was a test. Who lives like that? But there's one thing I know about life is that time reveals the results. Esau in that split second didn't realise what he had done. He thought it was all good. He was satisfied. He had instant gratification. But as you start to read through the chapters, you start to realize, he starts to realize, what have I done? I've just lost everything. I've just lost this blessing that I cannot get back. I pray that we don't live like that. At the end of our time, what do you want to be remembered for? At the end of your time, what do you want to be remembered for? What spiritual heritage do you want to impart into the next generation? You know, I've realised this. It's not about how much we leave to them, but more about how much we leave in them that makes the difference. How much are you going to leave in this next generation? Does your dream go big enough? Is it deep enough? Is it desperate enough? But then the other thing is, are you, am I wise enough, 
not to throw away the heritage that we've been given right now so that generations can build off it and build off it and build off it. 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 it. So that there comes a time where we're so rich with heritage. We're so rich within the ways of God. We're so rich within that that this society, this community, this place will be immovable from the ways of God. From the ways of God. And I believe that's how we're supposed to be. Is that when we come into dreaming, when we come into looking beyond the now moment, that it affects the generations, that it will be a legacy of wisdom and purpose, that it go beyond, that would that would go beyond where we are right now. God dreams always go beyond oneself and impart into the next generation. Father, I thank you that we have an amazing church. Lord God, I thank you that that right now that we've been born in this great country, that we are part, that we are here in this great country. But Lord God, more than that, I thank you that we are born into the family of God that we are part of your kingdom, that we are part of who you are and that you've called us into this place. And Father, I pray that we never take it for granted. Lord God, that we treasure the blessing, the privilege it is, the heritage that we've received by being born again of your Spirit. Today, Father, I pray that for each and every one of us, Lord, that we could look at our life and and look over it and maybe Assess where we're at, where we're at. Assess where we are with you. Lord God, that nothing comes between our relationship that we have with you, our relationship that we have with others. But Lord God, I pray that we never sell out our heritage. We never sell out the privilege. We never look for instant gratification, but God, You'll give us wisdom to go beyond, to endure, to love, to lean in to your ways and to your principles. Today, Father, pour out a blessing over each and every one of us. Stir our hearts. And Lord God, let us take hold of the heritage of the privilege. But God, let us not stop and just be satisfied there. Lord, let us push forward that as we dream, we dream beyond the now moment. We dream for generations to come. We speak for generations to come. We stand for generations to come. We fight for generations to come. Lord, that they will inherit a rich heritage, a godly heritage, a heritage that stands firm on your word. Today, Father, pour out your blessing over each and every one of us. Give us eyes to see. Give us ears to hear what your spirit will say, what your spirit has said. In Jesus' mighty name. Just our heads are bowed and eyes are closed. I want to get an invitation. And today I just spoke shortly just about that we are privileged, that we have a birthright. 
And everyone here has been birthed naturally through the womb. And as Nicodemus, he came to Jesus and he was like, hey, what must I do to be saved? And Jesus makes that statement, well, you must be born again. And he's like, well, how can I? I've already been born once. Am I, I supposed to go back through the womb and be born again? And Jesus makes the response and he says, no, you're just to be born of water and spirit, just to be born of the spirit. And the way you're born again is you just believe upon Jesus Christ that he died and that he rose again. And as you believe upon him, his spirit comes and does a work in you. His spirit comes, his Holy Spirit comes and testifies to you that you are saved, that you've been adopted into the family of God. And as you're adopted into the family of God, you inherit the principles, you inherit the promises that the Bible talks about. You inherit peace, you inherit wholeness, you inherit healing, you inherit all those, all those promises are there for your taking. Why? Because you become a son and daughter of the Most High God. And the way to become a son and daughter of the Most High God is just to acknowledge Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour. And as you acknowledge Him, I, I want to pray with you this morning. And if you want to be included in this prayer, I would love for you just to raise your hand so I can include you in this prayer. So just look across. If you just, while heads about, eyes are closed, just raise your hand just so I can include. If, if you want a rich heritage in God, if you want the blessing and favour, thank you. Does anyone else want to join? Just one guy. Over to the side, thank you as well. Father God, you see hearts, you see hands. But right now, God, as individuals are acknowledging you today, Lord God, I pray that right now that they are birthed in spirit. And Lord God, right now as they declare that you are their Saviour, you are their Lord, Father, right now I pray that your spirit intertwines their life as a witness. Today, Father, that they will walk in the heritage, in the blessing that you have for their life, Right now, because they acknowledge you as their Lord and Saviour. And right now, they become born again as sons and daughters, as the Most High God, with a birthright of heaven in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's give him a hand.